0: Welcome to the home of sound and honest science. I've just released a video interview with Ronan Connolly, PhD. A superb discussion, I think, on the whole kind of climate arena. And we get to the actual facts of the matter. But I separated out this segment for a separate release because it's specifically on the question Do 97% of scientists agree with the disaster? And well, you can hear our discussion now and decide yourself. So I think this is a great short discussion resource on that ninety-seven percent question. So here you go. That's a beautiful segue into the ninety-seven percent of scientists uh, uh, say. Okay, so so this a, this was a notion
1: before. So this is a long history of this particular thing. We did a uh, a report. Um, in 2018 with uh, one of the, the founding members of Greenpeace. This is the, Dr. Patrick Moore. Oh, a fantastic man. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So we did a report and we investigated it looking at the business model of the Greenpeace organization. And one of the things we point out there is that there is a, a magical, any number that's above 90%, Uh, from marketing surveys find that if you say 90% of cats prefer our cat food then you say all cats we all mentally our instinct is anything above above 90% is basically everyone Um, the higher that value is the even more powerful if you say 94% that's better than 91% Mm. 95% but there is a limit if you say 100% then that's falsifiable that's very easy we said oh but I found this one guy yeah yeah. and so then he say so ah so what they have to do is if you can find if you can prove a number that is greater than 90% but less than 100% that is your perfect answer to mm. get from a marketing perspective. It's like your Pfizer and Moderna safety ninety five percent Yeah, ninety five percent and ninety-four percent. Okay, so it's like you can look at it, it's a great it's a great number if you can get that. And the AstraZeneca didn't only they got out like seventy percent. So this was mm. not as impressive. Mm-hmm. If you can get between ninety percent and less than a hundred and greater than ninety
0: That's your golden thing. There you have the thing. And they got it because they just included pretty much, as far as I could see from a big paper, was published on this that was a scam. And the fact was any scientist that acknowledged global warming, in general terms, gone into the 97, approximately. And when you filtered it down to those that believe it's global warming... Yeah. Dominated by anthropomorphic or whatever the Anthropogenic, it, this anthropogenic is, yeah, human cause. Human cause. It's easier to remember. And and adding in that it will be a major issue as opposed to yeah, we're moving a point five, one yeah. degree, it won't matter. If you got down to those criteria, it dropped something like 1.8 or 2.6. It was just insane. So
1: there is a couple of papers that that were very influential. The very first one that introduced the idea of 97% is uh, Doran and Zimmerman 2009. And I would encourage people to actually, it's open access. Hmm. It's, you'd say, I don't really read scientific papers. It's two pages. It's in the journal EOS. And it's like, They present the thing. So what they did, this is the 2009, this was the first introduction of 97% of of scientists. What they did is they said, uh, we surveyed, uh, we sent out invites to 10,000 Earth scientists. That's a decent thing. They got 3,000 replies back, which is actually pretty good. So they had 3,000 scientists. They asked them some questions. The only two they focused on was, do you think that I, I, I the exact phrasing? You can mm. check it. Our temperature is now warm relative to pre uh, industrial, pre eighteenth no, century, which was an odd choice. I think like, the people that were doing it they didn't hadn't really researched it well. The nineteenth would have been better. But they said pre eighteenth. Is it warmer, cooler, or about the same? That's question one. Question two: uh, If it's Warmer, do you think that humans were as uh, human activities, and they didn't say Mm. CO2, were a significant contributing factor? And so as as somebody with a scientific training and engineering background, you know that in the scientific community, the word significant has a different meaning from the rest of the, the world. In science, we use the term significant. Is it statistically significant? we generally mean, is it more than 5%? Is it a factor that needs to be considered? So what they found is, of the 3,000, it was something like 90% said that it is warmer now than the uh, uh, pre-18th century. And then 80% said that human activity was a significant factor, And that's about 97%. So you're like, how did you get that? And it doesn't even say how much. Was it 5%, 10%, whatever. Mm. And also, we mentioned about urban heat island. That is a human activity. They didn't say that. Mm. And they also, the thing is, it's warmer now than in what, in climatology we say was the Little Ice Age, a cold period. Is not warmer now than it was in the coldest period in a thousand years? Is it warmer? Yeah. It's like... He, you know, and I was surprised it was only 90%. Then what they said is, well, we've taken off that 3,000. We've decided to rule out all of these things. We'll only focus on a subset of people, which is those, uh, their, their discipline. They went to, they said, we've identified a group of 79 scientists that have been put down their main affiliation as climate science. <sighs> and that they have published at least five, 50% of their papers in the last five were specifically on climate science, and they said out of that, 76 out of 79, yeah. out of the 3,000 uh, scientists agree that human activity was a significant factor. If you divide 76 by, or 76 yeah, yeah. divided by 79, it's 97%. It. That was the one. Then there is, so that is where 97% arose. And just have a read of it just to check it, because it's only two pages. Yeah. You can look it up, Doran and Zimmerman, uh, 2009. And then now there's a more recent paper in 2013 with John Cook, Cook et al., 2013. So, uh, okay, so that is a separate paper. What that is doing, um, this is even more ambitious. So, what they said is they didn't bother asking scientists. Because that wasn 't giving them good enough answers, yeah. so what they said is instead what we 're going to do is read through the uh literature and look at the abstracts the scientific abstracts of papers, so uh, probably a lot of your viewers at this stage because it 's a bit mm. more of a uh, you 're a bit more familiar with scientific papers. you know the way at the beginning of a scientific article there 's an abstract there 's just a short often hard to read because it's very compressed summary of what the paper is in. It's often quite technical. It's for uh, people in the field to say, is it worth me reading the full paper? Mm. So what they did is they said, oh, we're going to look at the abstract. So they got I think it was like, uh, you can look up the exact figures and something like 10,000 papers that I had keywords of I think climate change or something. And, And then what they did is they went and they said Let's look at the abstracts of these and see what they are. So of the 10,000, only something like 3,000 had anything to do with actual looking at how much of global warming is, you know, to even hint at the possibility that climate change, global warming might be human-caused or natural. Then of those, uh, the vast majority just said that the... It was implicit that, according to Cook et al, Cook and colleagues, it was implicit that they agreed with the, say, that they agreed with the computer, that they were analysing the computer models which say it's human cause. so therefore they must be endorsing the computer models, therefore they <laughs> must be endorsing things. Or they said, oh, they refer to human-caused global warming as a concern. We're looking at the impact on fish finger sales, or something like that. And they, they, you know, they didn't actually address it. Very few actually addressed is global warming, mostly human caused or mostly natural. When they got back down to it, they only identified only out of the thing, only uh, something like, I think it was only like 100 um, actually tried to quantify how much was human caused and how much was natural. And of them, it was something like, I think they they calculated it something like 60 said it's mostly human-caused and only 20 said that it was uh, mostly natural. And then some of my colleagues revisited They said, actually, you should take that 60 and you do it. But what they said is the, I think it was 30 uh, abstracts that explicitly said it was mostly natural are that they think, they divided that by all of the papers that were related to it, and they got ninety-seven point something, ninety-nine point seven percent of abstracts. The, or ninety-seven. I, I just as another note, because this is gets into the technical. But there was another paper. Um, some of my colleagues went and just reports said, "Hey, can we just tell people what it actually is?" So they reported. The percentage, so 1% of the abstracts commenting on it uh, or something, just a few percent, actually said it was mostly human-caused. They presented that and they mentioned that this is, uh, you know, that's not 97%. There was another paper that was done by Professor James Powell. He went, and he was even more, uh, trying to do it. He said, I'm going to just look through for the last two years only ones that explicitly stated in the abstract that global warming is mostly natural. Everything else agrees with the consensus. And then uh, we looked through it, and there thousands of the papers, but he kindly provided it as an Excel sheet. He uploaded it, so he looked through it, and one of the papers, a couple of them, but in particular, the paper that my colleagues, David Legates et al., uh, 2015 or 14, it was uh, where they were saying the 97% of, of scientific papers study is wrong and misrepresented. That got included in the papers that were endorsing the consensus.
0: So, I mean, it's just utter bias and you can shift through those methods, you know, you're doing meta-analyses, you're selecting which papers are included, you're sub-selecting, yeah. you, you narrow down to, what do you do, narrow down to around 70 people out of the thousands yes. who are actually the guys stuffing their pockets with funding and running down with the ball uh, down the field. It's just, a, and hopefully people can see, it's just absurd. It's just a hotbed of of... Sharp practice, I think, if it's not outright fraud.
1: I, 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 what I would say is, even if it were genuinely 97% of mm. scientists agree with something, which 97% yeah. of scientists agree that the climate has changed, I would be, if you said, Do you agree climate is changing? It's like, Yeah, that's. <laughs> Huge part of my work is investigating it and looking at the causes, so mm. you know that would a lot of those surveys I would be part of the consensus, you know, but mm. even if it wasn't, it's like if you had five percent of scientists disagree, then it's like, why did I disagree that's interesting. What are they looking at that's different mm. and it's like rather than just saying. Oh, we won't listen to the people who are complaining. 90, 95% of scientists agree that the the sun ro- rotates around the earth and that the earth yeah. is the center of the universe. Or 95% of scientists believe. If you can do that with any, any scientific orthodoxy, you can do it. It's like, yeah, you don't have to automatically agree with the people that you know are outliers, if they were, but they're not. But if there was, you'd say, well, what are those reasons? And Because maybe they have some insight that we don't. So let's find out and then ask. And then then you ask, you can then say, so there's a a nice quote by John Stuart Mill in, the basic gist of it is he's saying that if you only know your side of the argument, then you don't even know that. Because... Mm. Uh, you need to know what uh, what people that you're disagreeing who disagree with you. you need to understand why are they disagreeing with you mm. and what 's their reason if you don 't even know why people are disagreeing with you then mm. you don't know if they have something to of, say
0: of course, but it's a very different thing when people who disagree have enough of a point for it to be threatening. Hmm. then active shutting down is not just ignorance and stupidity and being ignorant about the scientific method. It's kind of more pointed and yeah. almost malicious. I mean, Nordengerd, I don't know if you, I interviewed Dr. Jakob Nordengerd. He did hmm. the history uh, of of everything, really, of COVID and, and climate and lots of stuff and the UN back to the Rockefeller Brothers Fund in the right. 40s. And one of the most fascinating things in that hour-long history, all on the historical record in the archives, not a single frisson of conspiracy theory, everything from the archives, that the Rockefellers essentially organized very important groups who identified climate change challenges and disasters uh, and also pandemic fear as key strategies. And the Rockefellers also, by the by, uh, were instrumental in setting up the United Nations, and, of course, the WHO later yeah. and the League of Nations and and the Trilateral Commission. So, again, we won't get into conspiracy theory here. But as an engineer, I was fascinated that Nordinger did what I would do. He was a climate, ponytailed, climate-fearing, you know, professor or assistant prof. And when he couldn't get an answer of where the climate stuff came from pre-1990, pre-IPCC, yeah. what did he do? He went... To, To look himself. Yeah. And he fully believed in it. Yeah. And then he just found himself going backwards, you know, reverse engineering... And he found himself back in the forties and fifties with the Rockefeller Foundation, and that was it. That was that was the he hit pay dirt. Yeah,
1: yeah, yes. Yeah. So, so no, there is a there is a lot. I think I'm conscious we've been talking a while, I, we never actually got around to the new papers that we publish. We so, will, yeah, yeah, we have. So, so
0: let's get into those new papers. Yeah, now. yeah. So this is the segment for the new papers. Okay, okay. So. Well, there you have it, folks. Clarity from a real scientist who is properly interpreting data along with all of his colleagues. So just a word on appreciation for the people who support me on Patreon and PayPal and anyone else who can maybe jump in and help with a little support. Uh, It enables me to go and get these interviews, to do the research, to get out proper, correct science and data and counter the media misinformation. Because if people out there don't get informed on what the data actually says in all of these issues, whether the viral or the climate or the geopolitical banking financial or all the wars we're seeing constantly to uh, support the system, proxy wars, You know, we're in big trouble and so are our children. So really appreciate your support and anyone else who can come along and help a little in this kind of battle of our ages, I might say. Thank you.